as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Introducing all, we got Laurel from Demented Stuff. How are you? <laughs> um, I was born in 1973. So because of that, I was in my 20s in the 1990s. And I was the perfect age for Nirvana. Um, I think that when they started, I was about 19. So <laughs> I, I've, all, I've just always been into like hard rock kind of music. And... Right. Um, and they were always around. Kurt Cobain, yeah, great. Kurt Cobain can 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 bristle about that all he wants, but his music was hard rock. They just made up a new name for it. Um, I would, I don't know, I wouldn't really call it heavy metal. Hmm? Uh, grunge rock and <laughs> yeah, I mean they they, they, they made up you know the name grunge, but it was just hard rock. I mean, some of it, you know, I don't know, maybe had a little bit different sound, but it really wasn't that different that uh, they needed to make a whole new name for it and i'm gonna get my drink here and this is what's fun about it is just figuring out who loves it for just it being headbanging versus actually connected with the music on some level so that's what you gotta well, ask I just, um, yeah i mean i um i have an older brother and an older sister and this was the music that they were listening to when I was um, under the age of 10 and uh, I just started getting into a lot of my own bands and um, my brother listened to Led Zeppelin so when I got into like some of the hair metal stuff he did not like that he was like I, I tried to get you into good music I'm like well this is good music so shut up so um, when Nirvana <laughs> came along they, they weren't you know they weren't hair metal but they were hard and um I just, I love Nirvana. Oh my God. I just got so into them. And back then they still had magazines that you could actually hold in your hands. What were you going to say? Oh, totally. And it is kind of funny how yeah. it just went in stages. <laughs> um, and I had like, uh, like I'd buy all the magazines that had Nirvana in, in them or on the cover and they were on the cover of so many magazines. Totally. So, you know, I would just buy. Hmm? Totally. Okay. okay. I'm just I acknowledging. Just, um, <laughs> I, I know. I just sometimes I can't hear everything you say. So, because I, I cut you off because I can't stop talking. Um, so, 
I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I was the, I would say that I was the perfect age for Nirvana. So I just loved them and um, really loved Dave, Dave Grohl. And then, you know, the whole thing happened with Kurt either killing himself or being murdered, whatever you believe. Whichever version of it. Either way, he ended up, the story ends the same. (laughs) He ended up dead, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was devastating to me. It was really, you know, it hit me really hard. And of course, for a long time, I believe that he killed himself. Now I'm not sure. I'm kind of in the middle. Sometimes I think, well, you know, people who were actually there, who actually knew Kurt, they think he, he killed himself. So I believe maybe that's that what he, happened, and then other times. Hmm? I believe that just by marrying Courtney Love alone, that was a suicide note. Because <laughs> it just seemed like um, he got so much I mean, just I, trouble I, anytime, anywhere. He was just destined to have issues. Well, I mean, I just think he couldn't really take being a quote rock star, unquote. Um, he That's couldn't, you know, some people have, I mean, I think that, that some people, you know, do have, you have to have a certain amount of ego to be able to, to take what it, what it, the music business is, especially when you get that big. And I don't think that he could take it. I think that he, having people staring at him all the time and expecting him to be a role model, he did not want to be anybody's role model. He wanted to be able to do heroin and not have kids do the same thing because he was doing it. And that's what was happening. I mean, there were kids who killed themselves after he killed himself, if that's what happened. Because, um, I mean, there's, there, you can make a very compelling case for either side of things. You can make a very compelling case for suicide, and you can make a very compelling case for the, the, his wife had a murder. So, yeah. uh, uh, and, either way, and, it I mean, really, she did have a great... Yeah, I mean, I think that it just came to a point where it was going to, either it was going, I mean, I think that if Kurt had not died, that they the band would have broken up, because Dave had way too many ideas in his head for his own music, and those kind of, you know, creative ideas do not stay quiet forever. If no. they want to come out, yeah, I mean, if they want to come out, then he would have been writing his own songs, you know, and um, I think that that Kurt, you know, would have been like, well, I don't like one. This one sounds okay, you know. I mean, if you listen to the Foo Fighters, they can be very different from Nirvana a lot of the time, and then there are other times where they do sound Nirvana-ish. Um, I, I don't think that Kurt would have been happy with everything that Dave wanted to write, so I think that they would have eventually broken up anyways because Dave would would have wanted to form his own band. Right. So, uh, but, you know, it, 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 it went the way of Kurt dying. And so <clears throat> Dave had all of those musical ideas in his head and he needed to let them out. So um, I, when he formed the, the Foo Fighters, I got into that. And I really, you know, I really loved that first album. And I was just amazed that he did that all by himself because he played everything on the first album except for just like one guitar part and one song. Yeah. And that, that is pretty amazing. 
<clears throat> because a lot of people can't do that kind of thing. Mind blowing. Yeah. So um, I got. Hmm? Mind blowing. So I got really into. I got really into that one, and um, they came out with the second album. They were long on it, and I liked it, but there were a lot more songs that I couldn't get into. So I kind of lost touch with the band for a long time. Right. And then in uh, 2016, what were you saying? Right. That's totally it, because they were everywhere. So you weren't likely to hear every song they made. I'm sorry, what was the question? It wasn't a question. I <laughs> so it I was just saying, yeah, it's true. It was very oh. oversaturated. They were big what and so uh, internet connections. Anyway, so you were saying they were you were like oversaturated? Yeah. I mean they they, they were big and all over the place. So <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, so I would not be surprised if you missed out on some of their material or you know, after the first free giant hits on each um, album. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it I don't know. I just kinda got into but I um, I just kind of lost touch with the band for a long time, although I did hear some of the songs along the way on the radio. And then I got back into them in 2016. I kinda, There were just some circumstances. <coughs> there were just some circumstances going on that um, I decided to catch up with them. And I listened to everything that had been coming out since the late 90s. And it was, you know, it just like was totally overwhelming. And it was like, Wee! <laughs> I just loved it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how, how did you get into the band? Uh, I, I just couldn't escape it. I just always heard them on the radio. And, mm-hmm. and you know, 2000s, just everyone knew them. And as I talked earlier with John, you know, there was SNL appearances and just constantly featured in documentaries and interviews. And I was just like, yeah. It's like, how can you guys not know who these are? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of weird because a lot of the people that I know, I guess it depends on their age because there's a lot of people that I know that have not that, that have not even heard of the band. <clears throat> but then there's other people that I know that are more into that kind of music that have definitely heard of them, but I don't know if they're real into them. But I, I just, you know, when I started to rediscover them i you know listen and listening to all of these you know this just huge catalog of songs that had been coming out for so many years and it was you know kind of it was just it was just i just was having just the best time listening to them again and catching up with them and um catching up with who they were and who they had become as people because you know if you look at little dave from the 90s <laughs> I mean I know that um, a lot of people would would look at him when he was younger and think oh look at that long hair eee. but not how I think of guys with long hair because I have known them for so many years to me I can see them differently and I can see that he, he just looked like this little boy next door type yeah. And then he's got, as he's gotten older, his look has changed a lot. And it, sometimes he can't even, you have to really look hard to see that it's the same person, you know? But, oh um, it, it, but then, you know, you see, oh, yeah, 
he's got the same nose and he's got this and this. you know I, but uh if you're just kind of a casual listener you, you might not even think it's the same person because you know people yeah. People change so much over the years. I don't know. I mean, people are always telling me that I look the same as I did when I was a teenager, but I can see the difference. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but physically, just you know, he, he looks a lot different, and uh, than how he did when he was a lot younger. And what was I going to say? Um, I, I, and if, there's also the fact that. They are extremely prevalent on YouTube. If yes. you just search Foo Fighters, yeah, if you just search Foo Fighters on YouTube, you will get probably millions of results. I mean, there's just not just the videos, but they have so many interviews and documentaries and just all kinds of things on YouTube. And that was another thing that I discovered when I got back into them in 2016. Um, I have to get my drink. I'm going dry again oh dear (laughs) oh well it is kind of interesting um, how uh did you follow any of his documentary work like where you would um i've watched i've watched some of it um some of the more recent stuff i i don't really like to pay for stuff on cable or whatever or streaming i haven't really gotten into streaming yet so some of the more recent documentaries that he's been making i have not watched those yet but i have heard of them and i know that he's he recently had a documentary about touring and interviewed all of these different famous musicians like guns and roses people from guns and roses and i can't even remember (laughs) but uh he did, all he kinds did that. Of stuff, he, he did a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah really? he he had the one with his mom, where his mom was interviewing other musicians' mothers. Nice. <coughs> yeah. I haven't watched that one yet, but I have seen clips from it, and that's a really <laughs> great idea. I mean, that's that's a, something that hasn't been tapped very much, so I I think it's going to be interesting. But I haven't watched it yet. But uh, I did watch. They they made like a feature length movie. Um, yes. about the band and just talking about stories and that was really interesting to watch I mean it, it it really got interesting when they started having all of the um the day-to-day of making Wasting Light that was their best album as far as I'm concerned that I mean it didn't have a bad song on it I was just whoa I loved that uh that whole part the whole album and that whole part when they were doing the day-to-day of making that album it was really it was really interesting to watch all of that and funny right. and <laughs> and I kept and I kept going Dave stop being mean to Taylor because <laughs> he was being so mean because <laughs> I just love Taylor to death that was another thing that I discovered when I got back into the Foo Fighters was Taylor Hawkins and yeah. um all of the music all of the music that he has made I had no idea that he was so talented I mean, I knew he was a great drummer from just watching all that stuff, but uh, watching all the videos and, and the live, because they, oh my gosh, they have put out so many live videos on YouTube. You can watch entire concerts. You really can. And yeah. uh, yes, I mean, if, if, you go, if you go on and just, you know, like they had their whole show at Madison Square Garden from last year and they put that up on the web and mm-hmm. um, 
that's, that's, you know, that's just really cool to me. I don't know if other, I think that there are probably some other bands that have put stuff like that out, but they usually put it out as like a DVD or something. Yeah. And you don't get to go on YouTube and watch it for free. Or they're very casual or it seemed to just kind of be just a word of mouth kind of thing. But yeah, now they basically have embraced every kind of media and everyone wants to work with them. You can't, you've never heard anything about, hey, no. Dave's good, but only on a certain day. No, you've never heard any of that. You know, <laughs> I think charisma goes yeah, a I long mean, way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, they when they do. I mean, because I've I've been to one of their concerts. I haven't been to a lot yet because uh, I I just haven't had the money or whatever. But um, I went to one of their concerts and. Um, I've watched a lot of their concerts on YouTube because they put so many on the YouTube. <laughs> but it's, um, I mean, they know on which side their bread is buttered. They play all mm-hmm. the hits, and, and sometimes they'll occasionally throw in a, a song that you wouldn't expect to hear. So they do a lot of that, and they play for three hours. They try to play for three hours at every concert now because they have so many songs to play. Um, I mean, they've been at it for 25 years. So, um, but that, um, that was another thing that I, you know, that I did just, I did not know that, that Taylor could sing. I did not know just, I mean, that he, he could write all these, he, I mean, the, the albums that he's put out with, he did the Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Writers. That is one of the, I mean, that to me is one of the best side bands that any of them have, but they're so good. And the songs are so good that I would, there are times when I like that band better than the Foo Fighters. They just, I mean, I haven't been exposed to that, but it's kind of cool how it all kind of runs together. Everyone wants to check out all their side projects because. Right. And they have a million of them, you know, because, you know, Dave has all the side stuff that he's done. And some of that was good. And some of it, I just, I'm just not that interested in like the, um, what is that band called? Queens of the Stone Age. I'm just not interested because it's not anybody singing that I really like or know. So I'm just like, it's a different kind of experimental music. Yeah, because um, Queens of the Stone Age is one of the things that Dave did on the side and he played drums and occasionally, you know, he'd do like some background vocals or something. Why would I care about that? I just, I'm just like, it's not Dave singing. He's just playing the drums. Big deal. I don't know why, but that, that just doesn't interest me at all. <clears throat> but, um, I'm good. I mean, with, uh, with Taylor, he, with Taylor, he sings on that stuff most of the time. And, you know, I have to say, because I think that some people would, would disagree with this statement, but I think that Taylor is a better singer than Dave. I love his voice, and I know that that would, you know, that would be a controversial opinion, but I don't care because his voice is just, ah, it's like heaven. I just, there's something about his singing voice that he has become my favorite singer, and I told you that I was going to sing his praises because no, he, he has become, yeah, he has become my favorite tick. singer. You, know, <laughs> you need to... Yeah, you need to go on YouTube and just search Taylor Hawkins and the Coattail Writers, and you will find some really good rock and roll songs. There, there are more just generic, gene- like general rock and roll. I mean, some of it sounds a little bit hard rockish, but um, they're you know they they're a little bit more mellow than uh, 
than maybe the Foo Fighters. I mean, the Foo Fighters can have, have, there have been times when the Foo Fighters were really popish. Yeah. And I would say, well, you know, I, I would compare Taylor's stuff more to um, just rock and roll. You know, that's just, that would be the best label for it to me. Um, but if you just search that on YouTube, they have put out some really good albums and um, that's just a side band. But there's just something about Taylor's voice that it just has the absolute perfect qualities to me. Um, it has the momentum. For most, most of it. Yeah. What were you going to say? Hmm? Okay. <laughs> it has the perfect amount of momentum. Right. It's just, you see, the best way to describe his voice is it's very, it's like raspy, kind of smoky and breathy. And just when, when he just sings in his normal register and he doesn't try to put on a, a heavier voice, because there are some songs um, where he tries to sound deeper. And it's, it's, I mean, his voice is okay like that, but I like it better when he just sings in his normal high register because he's got a, a, the ability to sing kind of high at times. And it just, to me, I, I think it sounds perfect. I just love his voice. So there are a lot of songs that he has done that, um, that I just could listen to over and over and over. Um, what was I gonna say about that? Um, I'm trying to get my, my mind to come back. Where'd you go, mind? Um, yeah, where are you? <laughs> well, he, he, has a, he has a few other side bands and some of those, like, I don't know why they have to change the name of the band every time they put out an album or something, but he did something called The Birds of Satan that wasn't as good. Um, it had a, he had a few good songs with that, but most of them were just kind of, they just go by, you know, they're just kind of, eh, you know, um, so I, I didn't like the Birds of Satan quite as much as the Coattail Riders. And then let's we'll see. And now he's, he, they just kind of have, oh, he's got a new side band, which I don't, like I said, I don't know why they have to have so many different ones, but. Oh, they might um, not want to do it with the rest of the band or maybe Sony doesn't want to put out money for that. So, you know, it's all. It's a business, so, or maybe well, like, he doesn't um, want when, it to be part of the brand, you know, maybe he wants to test yeah. it out in a different audience. Plays, he has him on bass a lot, and then the guitar, the guitarists would keep changing, but they would keep being the coattail writers for a while. And now he's got a side band with Chris Cheney and Dave Navarro, which I <laughs> thought was really different because Dave, Dave I, I just, I see Dave Navarro as a very serious person and he might not actually be a very serious person but he just just seems like yeah yeah i mean it it, he just comes off as a lot more serious and so the they formed a band called nhc for navarro hawkins cheney um so (laughs) i don't even know if this album is out yet or what i just know that they have uh several songs up on youtube and it has a a, a lot more serious air to it Mm -hmm. Um, <sighs> I'm no, sorry. I, I keep. I have a lot of problems. Hmm? No, it's all I was good. I say I have a lot of problems. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Sorry, go ahead. I just. Um, I have a lot of problems with my sinuses, though. I dry out a lot quick, like kind of quickly sometimes. So I have to get something to drink. Um, but that's actually something else that I mentioned was the health stuff. Um. That was uh, that was kind of what was going on in 2016 is that 
over the years, I, I kept, I was like in pain all the time. And it got worse and worse and worse over the years. And 2016 was when it got so bad that I just couldn't take it anymore and I had to see a doctor. I had tried seeing a couple of doctors before that and they would just kind of blow it off. Like, eh, you know, it's just, it's just cause you're aging or it's because of this or that. And uh, I knew there was something going on because you just, you, you know how your own body is supposed to feel right. in a way. So um, I went to the doctor to get some help with my sinuses because I've also had a lot of problems with my sinuses over the years. And um, at that time, I didn't have any health insurance. So they brought me a paper and said, you know, you can go to this clinic and it's, it's like based on how much you can pay or actually they just had like a $10 um, copay. But if you made under a certain amount of money, you could go there just for the $10 copay and they would pay for practically everything. And I was like, oh, good, okay. So I was finally in, a, in an area and in a place where I could finally see a doctor and I could say, you know, I've been in pain for years and nobody has really done much of anything about it. Can you, you know, can you help? And this doctor uh, turned out to be really great. And she was really just one of those doctors that you can tell who is in it because they really have a lot of compassion for people and they yeah. really want to help people. So <clears throat> at the, you know, and at the same time I was getting back into the Foo Fighters and getting into Taylor's music. So it was like that became the soundtrack of my, you know, chasing, chasing my diagnosis. So like, I mean, I have a really emotional, emotionally deep connection to the band and to Taylor especially. So I always um, try to tell people, you know, don't don't come at me being insulting to the band or being just blatantly insane. Because you know, people can criticize them and say, well, maybe I don't, you know, I don't really like them that much. You know, that's that's okay. But if you come at me like, um, I don't know, just saying something that's just blatantly insulting, I I get really mad. <laughs> I mean, I just instantly want to defend them and say, you know, oh, that's not true or whatever. Because um, there's a lot of times that I've seen in the comments on YouTube, people will say, oh, I think that Taylor sounds a lot like Kurt Cobain. They even look alike. And that just, I just fly off the handle with that because it is so not true. Okay. These right. two men have, have blonde hair. That's it. They don't look alike at all. They don't mm -hmm. look anything like each other, and then they don't sound anything like each other. I mean, seriously, if you go and you listen to some of the Coachella Riders' music, you tell me, does Taylor sound anything like Kurt? Because he doesn't. No. And they, they try to say, oh, that's why Dave hired him to be in the band. Just like, no, he hired him because he's talented. <laughs> it just makes me so, it just makes me so mad when people do that. And it just gets old. After all, it's like, where are you going with this? Well, it's just not true. Yeah, it's just not true. And I think that people want it to be true because they want it to be that, um, that you know, that Dave hired Taylor because he reminds him of Kurt. And it's just not true. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's not even a valid opinion. You would because know it's not, if they there's wanted no to. There's no truth to it yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> and it you... just gets me so mad because... 
Um, like on YouTube, they have a lot of videos of the band doing interviews and just listening to them talk about their lives and everything. I got so emotionally attached, you know, to just watching interviews and laughing because they made me laugh so much when I was in pain. And yeah, like, that, you know, music can be healing and everyone kind of seems to forget about that because they just think yeah. oh, leisure and everything is like music would often get me through a work night sometimes just if I'm hearing some yeah. really cool jams. Oh man, I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean that, and that was what the, the Foo Fighters and Taylor Hawkins were doing for me was they were really helping me get through this because it's scary when they're testing you to find out if you have a disease that could kill you. I mean, it's, it's a scary thing. And when I was waiting for the results from that CAT scan, you know, they were like, well, it could be a brain tumor. And it's like, oh, okay. It just, it doesn't really, it doesn't make you very happy to know that that's no. a possibility. Not um, comforting because, at all. You know, I, can, I, can, I hope it's okay if I, if I uh, say fuck. Um, I was going to say, because that could fuck what you up fuck? just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it was just, it was very hard and, and listening to, you know, Taylor's heavenly voice. It was like, oh, <laughs> I mean, it just made me feel a lot better and helped me get through it. And that's another, you know, that's, that's another reason why I'm so emotionally attached to these people is that, uh, you know, I want to know like what their kids are doing. Like, oh, look, there's Dave's daughter. She can sing really well. Oh, you know, it's just, I, it, I really want to, you know, like be involved in their lives as closely as I can get to it, you know, because like, there's only so close that I can get. Um, but I just want to know what their families are doing and, you know, non-stalkers. They're all the way in California. So they're safe for me right now. Cause I'm in <laughs> Texas and that's a long way to go. You know, and I got to work my job. You know, I can't just hop on the bus and go out to California and, you know, see if I can mm -hmm. get into <laughs> the, the exclusive neighborhood where Taylor lives. Let's see if we can get in here. No, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, even if I had the money, if I did that, it'd be like, my boss would be like, where are you, Laurel? We need you to work on this project. And I'm like, oh, no, I have to go back home. One of the things, I mean, I discovered that there were certain, like, certain music that would make me feel really good. <clears throat> like, beyond just, you know, I like this song. It was like, it, it was like something was touching my nerves and making them feel better you know making them feel good instead of pain you know what i mean totally yeah, just yeah. everything is eliminated for those sparse minutes but they feel way yeah. longer just because oh, yeah. one, one of the things that, that really you know that really touches those nerves and makes them feel good and makes me feel kind of high is taylor's voice there's just something it's like it has the absolute perfect quality to touch my nerves in a way that I'm just like, yeah, oh my God, I love his voice so much, uh, you know, and it's just, it goes beyond just, I love the song, or I love this guy's voice, it's, it's, I can't, it's really hard to explain, and you just have to have fibromyalgia, you have to have overactive nerves to understand how good it can make me feel, so um, there has been a few other singers that, that sometimes when they, when they sing like a certain way, um, it can affect me the same way, but nobody can do it like Taylor can. I mean, there's just something about his voice that is just perfect quality to, you know, to really make me feel good. And, and that's another reason why I just love his music so much and I love his voice so much is because it, it affects me physically.
And that, I mean, that is, I can't even explain how profound it is to connect. Uh, you've only with been explaining it the whole way. episode. You, you've summed up basically just. Do the you voice think I've been explaining it well? I mean, the fact that, that this is a personal get out of to actually feel like just forget about the messed up reality for who knows how many minutes. That's already a feat. So, I mean we've all been in various degrees of pain and had different issues, never been in the same scenarios. But one thing that unites us all is definitely just something that just made us just escape the harshness of today's world. Yeah. And especially when you have to deal with it being in pain all the time. And, you know, I'm not trying to make people feel sorry for me. I mean, everybody's got something that, yeah, you know, the body's that they need, not acting the right need. way. Yeah. <laughs> right. And especially, if, especially as you get older, I mean, I know people make jokes about it, but really, the older you get, the more your body finds places to hurt. That has been my experience. I don't know if other people experience the same thing. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's been a large part of the experience for me, for the Foo Fighters and Taylor Hawkins, is that they, you know, they just happened to come along or come back into my life. Um, at the same time that this was getting, that this pain was getting really bad for me. So, uh, you know, I, I've just found a way to deal with it all. And that is one of my escapes. And, and you know, like going and watching their interviews on um, YouTube. Because like I said, there are like a million of them. I mean, seriously, I had no idea that they had even done that many interviews in their lives. And um Because like Dave, Taylor, and Chris, they have all done, you know, at least some amount of talking. Most of mostly Dave and Taylor. They do most of the talking in the interviews. But they are just hilarious. And they're and they and they just cuss. Like every other word is some is some form of the F word. And that's something right. that I did not realize. I just didn't know that I just did not know that, you know, I thought that would be like Ozzy or somebody like that mm -hmm. who would be going, Oh no, no, fuck it, fucking, fucking, fuck, 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 you know. But it's, I mean, for some reason, Dave just loves the F word. And then uh, Taylor <laughs> will follow him and he'll start, he'll start going fuck, fuck, fucking, fucking, fuck, fuck, fuck. It all really fuck, 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 fuck. You know, it's, uh, I mean, there's like every other word is the F word. And, and it's, it's just funny. It's just extremely funny to watch them do interviews. And then when they're like, oh, my, my, my daughter's probably going to watch this one. I have to stop saying fuck. So they'll try to censor themselves and, you know. It's just, it is, it's really, really fun to watch those interviews and laugh. And that's like a whole other experience that can help you escape from your, you know, your, your, if, when your life gets bad. Um, I mean, they they just, they have become extremely important to me. So that's why when I saw that on your list, <laughs> I was like, Ooh, I wonder and to pull me in. To get right. you to do the the, the uh, Zoom meeting. <coughs> oh, you did good. Because, I mean, half the time we would, you know, try and assemble a few music-oriented episodes and everyone just seemed to just want to talk about just the songs and everything. It's like, no, I, I need everyone to talk about why this person risked. A more personal angle? Yeah, and you pretty much um, just um, summed up yeah, how yeah. they just... right. Because I mean, I have um, you know personal connections to a few other bands, 
but not like, not like, I mean, cause this is fairly recent also. I mean, you know, I'm really, I'm also really into like Def Leppard and Bon Jovi. They're two of my favorites as well. But a lot of the personal connection happened back when I was a teenager and it's been so long that I don't even know if I could remember half of it now. So, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the Foo Fighters and Taylor, they, yeah, Foo Fighters and Taylor, they're a very more recent, you know, love that I gained back. And uh, I think, you know, I, I definitely love them more now than I, than even when I did back in my 20s. So they're just, you know, a much more recent acquisition, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, they, they, I have a, a, a huge connection to them now because of the fact that they were the band that was there when I was going through all of these tests and trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And um, so I hope that there will be a theater uh, somewhere in Dallas that will have the movie because I don't really, I would be surprised if it's in a whole lot of theaters, but yeah. I would like to see it. It's open yeah, road film, like so it. it'll play at like a decent amount of screens for sure, but yeah. Well, I mean, I wonder if it's going to be at like regular theaters or, or, or <laughs> I can't talk. It or might if be they're at just every other AMC, be... but it probably won't be at every Six Flags Mall or whatever, you know? So Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be all over the place, but I mean, I wonder if it's going to be, is it AMC that they're, that the movie is most associated with? Uh, open Road Films, so yeah, it's like, it'll play at okay. any local okay. Fox or... <laughs> It'll definitely I, play I know, in some um, decent theaters, and it definitely seems like yeah. one which they made for like under budget. So, I mean, because um, I was wondering if it was just going to come to the, um, what are they called? Like the more independent theaters, like where you like go the to Angelica, the, the probably. Yeah, if they have the ones oh, that uh, Studio Movie Girl, probably. Yeah, or something like that. If it just be like the really obscure ones that only have one location in Dallas or something. Or if it would be more of a wider release, you know, I, I'd have to wait and see. Because I'm sure that a lot of people are going to be going, who, what's this? You know, who are the food fighters? Who are these guys? You know, oh, and they're then, pretty well known at this stage to where it'll well, be. It just, yeah, do you it want just depends us, on who you work with and, and it how does, old but they are. It, they're so immortalized now. It'll be a matter of, do you, know, you want to see them carry a movie? Or, you know, are you going to see it even if you're not into horror genre movies or horror comedies it's like yeah well i I don't know how old are you oh only question well i am i'll tell you i'm 48 so how old are you i'm in i'm 31 (laughs) 31 oh wow because i met i have met some people at work who were younger than you who were in their 20s and they would go, who's Guns N' Roses? And I would just be like, oh my God, you don't know who they are. Oh. It would make me feel so old because they had no idea who these people were. They were like, Slash, who's that? Ah! It just it makes me want to die or something. Just like, I can't believe you don't even know who they are. Um, I mean, just some of the most famous metal bands. And this girl had no idea who I was talking about. <coughs> how that works (laughs) so i do sometimes yeah i mean i do meet people at work who 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 just have no idea who the foo fighters are who's dave Grohl? oh my god you know i'm like okay do you know who kurt cobain is um i've heard of him but i'm not sure was he in was he in Soundgarden? and i'm like what else would he be in You're hanging around I mean, some dumb hurts. people <laughs> it hurts because they have no idea who these people are but then they're like oh well, 
I listened to Kanye West and uh, they put out some song that had Kim Kardashian on it. I'm like, oh God, kill me, kill me. even. (laughs) Because, you know, I mean, I know who those people are because I watch TMZ, but I don't listen to, I don't listen to them because they're, they're just so far I mean, they're, not, they're, not, they're after my time. They're not before my time. They are after my time. But that I, just blows my mind that there, there are people who have no idea who the Foo Fighters are. Um, like I said, most of them are, are in, their, in their 20s or younger, I hope. But I think that there are some people in their 30s who don't know who they are either because that's just not the music that, that they've been exposed to. <laughs> Sad bastards. <laughs> I feel bad for them. Because I feel like the music that I, I mean, of course, everybody thinks that the music that they listen to is the best music that's ever been made. Right. You know, my dad, my dad used to to listen to, you know, my dad, my dad used to listen to the the big band era and Frank Sinatra. And he thinks that's the, he he thought that was the best music that was ever made. Um, But, you know, I really think that a lot of the stuff that I listen to has a lot of soul to it. And a lot of the pop stuff that comes out these days it just has no soul no. there's just nothing it just doesn't sound like the people are really are really um putting any, any effort into it totally they're just not. doing the absolute minimum that they have to you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and, i think it's frustrating and, after a while like, yeah <laughs> we'll return after these messages JURS Podcast is proud to promote AutoCorrect, an independent film company with experienced industry professionals who can serve all your film industry needs. They include self-tapes, voice actor recordings, demo reel editing, script revisions, headshots, and much more. They're actor correct at your request. Book them on Instagram. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation. We have Italian horror. We have zombies. We have slashers. We have crime films. We have spaghetti westerns. We even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts... Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, crudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. 
every week I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this, like, little nerd glee with everything that kept Little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you, you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. Hey, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Greetings, friends. My name is Dean Legero, and I'm the host of the 3324 Podcast. I invite you to join me and my lifelong friend, Eric Kuber, to come with us as we discuss the music and movies that shaped our life. Each week, we'll pick an album or film that we really connect to, and not only give you some great info and trivia, but also discuss, debate, and celebrate what it means to us and the journey it took us on. We also look forward to hearing from you and giving us some of your picks for us to check out and discuss. I think it'll be a really fun experience, so come along with us for the ride. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider, and at 3324.buzzsprout.com. Thanks for your time, and welcome to the 3324 family. It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple of brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies helps to make life a little bit groovy. With a one-last plot holes, a gratuitous It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy. At EILFM.podbean.com. We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.